Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Eric Caracella, a writer based in Orlando, Florida. Eric is a writer on Medium. He's published three books. Uh, you can find his work all over the internet and, uh, of course, in print as well, because that's that's how books work, uh, unless we're going the ebook route, which is not the case here. And Eric has been around the writing game for quite some time, so he's got lots of great tips, uh, both on the writing process as well as marketing both yourself and your work how you can find like-minded communities to join and get involved with, lots of great resources and insights. So even if you're not a writer and you just want to know how to market yourself and your business a little better, you definitely want to tune in. But don't just take my word for it. Let's get Eric on here to chat. To start, let's get your elevator pitch. Let's let's say we're on an elevator, as the name suggests, uh, and you're, you're trying to wow me and... We're going from floor eight, so you got eight floors to welcome. Okay, got you. So, hey, Joey, check this out, right? I'm a freelance writer. Uh, I've written three books, uh, three self-published novels, all fiction. Uh, I'm also an uh, article writer for Medium, for Coffee House Writers, for uh, Vocal. Uh, I've been writing for the past 30 years. Uh, my job is to, uh, you know, whatever it takes right any kind of writing that's me that's what i like to hear whatever it takes which i think mm-hmm. is a good writer mindset in general um and i'm glad you met medium because that's where we connected correct you read a very tongue-in-cheek post i had done uh, <laughs> about uh, items you should do or things you should do every morning to to make your day a little more productive which it was awesome oh well thank you thank you it was awesome and i said that and i'm like wow yeah, heavily inspired by having seen a lot of similar, uh, similar sounding things where, you know, a lot of advice of getting up at 430 in the morning and mm-hmm. meditating for an hour and a half, uh, which right. doesn't doesn't sound great to me. I mean, if it works for people, who am I to judge that right. for me did not sound uh, did not sound appealing. So I wanted to make a fun little uh, kind of response to that. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm glad oh, you reached I out. did. I did. It was, uh, it was very much something I wanted to say, but never had the balls to say. Right? <laughs> and that's what I respected about your piece. And I even think I mentioned that in my comment. I don't remember exactly what my response was, but it was something to the effect of, man, that's awesome. You know, that you said what I was thinking. Yes, yes. That's what I'm here for. I'm the uh, <laughs> voice for the people that want to be smart asses, right. have better common sense about it. And so definitely want to get to the book writing. But for starters, how did you get into writing? Do you remember the first thing that you ever wrote? Well, if we want to get back to, you know, my initial, uh, you know, fascination with it, that was in grade school. Uh, I grew up uh, with a father who loved reading, right? So he had Stephen King books everywhere, right? And he read everything. Uh, he had a library that he built in our basement. And, and on this bookshelf were books that if I pulled one out, and uh, it might have not been for a little kids. So he would tell me, well, you might not be old enough to read this. So that fascinated me, right? Anytime anything that's taboo, uh, we want to touch, right? We want to read, we want to learn about so for me, that's when the itch started, was way, way, way back when. Uh, so in grade school is when I started writing short stories. We're talking fourth grade, fifth grade. Okay, okay. I like that. I feel like that was probably about the same 
time when I really started uh, getting into writing things, also short stories, because I think that's just all our attention spans can yes. handle at that point. Yes. And here I am still writing short stories. Today. <laughs> Who knows what that says about me? I do uh, vaguely remember, I don't know if this was the first thing I wrote, but this is definitely one of the earliest things I remember writing was both a uh, short story and an illustrated book um, oh, wow. of me and a couple of my grade school friends uh, somehow getting into a basketball game with the Chicago Bulls and uh, defeating them with some some ridiculous score, like in the 400s or something. And what I can only assume was a regulation basketball game. So just a very, uh, you know, very high scoring, no defense kind of uh, affair. But somehow uh, three or four um, fifth graders were able to take out a team of professional basketball players. So. That was your first short story? As far as I remember, yeah. I remember my, my mom had saved it because um, it was like a, I mean, no, no like binding or anything like this, but, you know, just a couple pages stapled together that we had all done for an assignment. Sure. So it was, I mean, I'm from Chicago, so anybody that writes a Chicago Bulls story is always fascinating. Oh, right? lovely. What part? I'm from... Oh, yeah. Skokie. I grew up in Lombard. Okay, nice. So, nice. I mean, Skokie's not too far, but yeah, we're just outside of Chicago, all that good stuff, so as uh, as bulls fans uh that's pretty cool that that was your story right yes fully based in reality of course love that totally based in reality you would have whooped them <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic well you've, you've continued writing to this day mm -hmm. that's correct so i took a yeah. i mean i was always writing right a, a little bit whether it was uh you know for a school project or i had an idea so right around the age of 22-ish, I went to film school in New York City. Um, and I went to the New York Film Academy. And so I had to get back into writing because the, the program I took, we had to write a film, we had to direct a film, we had to edit a film, and we had to shoot a film. We had to be the cameraman uh, or woman. Um, so that was a cool project to really sort of get me reinvigorated right into the creative scene because I had lapsed for several years, you know. Uh, as a as a young man of 16, 17, 18, I discovered alcohol and women and, you know, all the bad things that go along with that. So uh, I kind of lapsed. But when I got back into it for film school, what I realized was that I had no desire to make movies. What I did have a desire to do was write stories, right? So I started getting into that aspect of it. And that was sort of the next phase for me was sitting down in front of a, a word processor at the time. Uh, and writing these stories, these short stories. Oh, that's fantastic. And so do you remember some of the, or one of the highlights from that? Or was it more just kind of getting back into the swing of things? I remember the moment where I had to come up with uh, my film synopsis, essentially, because we had to make, all of us had to make a 10-minute movie, or 10-minute max, I should say, uh, was, our, was our final project. So I remember in my head for months before I even left, for New York City was to think of, man, what am I going to make? What am I going to shoot? What kind of story do I want to tell? And I remember that was the moment where I really understood uh, the, the, the mindset, I guess, it, it, you know, about how to get back into that space about, okay, we've got to really dedicate, you know, whatever it is to creating this story. And I thought that was the moment. And whether it is or not, I don't know. But based on how I remember it, that's, that's the moment where we really got uh, back in the swing of things for me. Awesome. It's always nice to hear those aha moments, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a, a writer or a business owner or anything like that. Uh, and then as far as Medium goes, because I feel like Medium has 
been around. If I was uh, really thorough in my research for this episode, I would have looked up when Medium was founded. But I feel like it's been uh, somewhere in the, the neighborhood of like eight to 12 years um, yes. where it's been around. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like it's a, a very novel concept to a lot of people. Um, I know just between like colleagues and clients, they have little to no experience with it. Some people don't even know what it is uh, when I bring it up to them. And which is, is disappointing to me because I think it's such a fantastic space of writers for so many different topics. Like I'm subscribed to just a weird handful of uh, different <laughs> you know, subcategories and groups and everything. Um, and I'll get the newsletters where it's just like, hey, I, you know, I tried walking, uh, you know, from, to stick with the Chicago theme, walking from uh, the Sears Tower, which it will always be known as, not the Sears Tower. Anything, <laughs> Correct. Uh, down to the Chicago-Indiana border, uh, barefoot. And here's what oh I learned along the way. And I'm just like, this is like, who comes up with this? But it's, yes. It's, so terrific just to see all these people from different walks of life having a platform to share their stories on there. So I'd love to know, how did you get involved with Medium and what kind of uh, success have you seen writing on it? Well, I'll tell you what, it's much like the, the story you just told. I didn't know anything about it until I decided to go uh, full freelance, right? So when I gave up my corporate job, um, we don't have to go into the details, but I had this really good corporate job, a great, uh, a great salary, great benefits, all that stuff. I said, I'm not happy. I want to go full-time freelance writing. Uh, I was able to do that. I was very fortunate. So I did it. And by the research, by getting involved with, uh, with groups on Facebook and, and Reddit and all sorts of people that knew things, they directed me towards this place, this platform, which was Medium, right? That to me was sort of the common denominator that everybody I talked to said. They said, go check out Medium, 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 right? So that's what I did. And when I got there, what I was amazed about was kind of like what you said was people are writing about everything, you know, sex stories, uh, political stories, financial stories, uh, whimsical stories, fiction, everything. That was amazing to me. And to me, I felt like I was home. That's awesome. And I I like the, uh, I I heard, I can't remember who told me this, but someone had said that medium was like having a blog, like starting a blog that already has like a million or 2 million or whatever, (laughs) whatever the number was back then readers uh, more than that now, which is a pretty good way of thinking. Like if you want your writing, I mean, as someone who started multiple websites, it's a a little bit of a challenge to get new readers over uh, to your site, especially as more websites come out every day. Uh, But having that really established base in medium and, as uh, you've, you've touched on a little bit, there's publications on there too. So you can get your piece featured in a publication uh, and mm-hmm. anyone that subscribed to that gets to see it as well as just finding it through search, through newsletter, however the case may be. Uh, and I think it's a, just such a great opportunity for people that kind of want to get their feet wet with writing uh, as well as established writers. And yes. you can really get a nice message across, uh, whether it's an actually like well-written and thought out article or something like I did where I was just like, I've seen a lot of these weird, uh, you know, self-help sort of things. Let me take it on a little bit of a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is to me. You're always, you know, none of us likes the same things all the time, right? Like whatever your tastes in fiction are, it might be different than mine, but the point is that you can find something you like on there. And that's fascinating to me. 
you know, cause there's very few platforms that have that. Like we can go to a bookstore and I have to go to the fiction section or I have to go to the self-help section with medium. Everything is at my fingertips, you know, and I also can get introduced to someone like you that I may never have even looked at your profile unless your title either caught me or I even, I don't even remember what it was that made me read your story, you know, to be honest. So that's amazing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And for someone that is just getting started out on Medium, let's say I have a friend that's like, hey, I, I want to get on a Medium, but I don't know where to start. What would you recommend for them as their first steps? It's just start writing. Uh, and I know that sounds vague and simplistic. But that <laughs> really is the, the basis because to me, you're not going to get better unless you start writing and start getting some feedback and start seeing, oh gosh, I don't want to say something cliche like, oh, watch your writing grow, but that's really what it is, right? And it might take your friend a thousand pieces before he finds his voice or it might take him five, I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day though, I'd recommend getting on there and just start writing, create a presence and engage with other authors. Yeah, I think that's a, a great note as well is sometimes just leaving a comment. Like I'll get mm -hmm. likes on comments that I've left, you know, three or four years ago where someone's just stumbling onto a piece now. And I was like, oh, I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> I don't it's even true, know if I feel true. the same way sometimes. That's right. But you have to act and be like, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Right. That's so true, though. And that's, that's what's so great about the platform. And I really can't say enough good things about it. Um, you know, especially to young writers or, or new writers, maybe is a better way to phrase it, because uh, I'm certainly not young. So to... <laughs> you know, to be able to get somewhere where people will read it, even if it's not a lot of people, you're still getting eyes on your work. Uh, and that's invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of the connections I've made on Medium have been super fun. And I've definitely learned about a lot of new writers. Uh, and at the same time, there's writers whose name I'll recognize after seeing them enough as, you know, related topics or getting in newsletters where I'm like, I don't know if I really like that writer that much. <laughs> that's it's, so true. Yeah. It's I'm glad you well. said that because I'll get stuff in my feed because I read a few of their articles and I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with these people, but I find myself still reading them. So good <laughs> for them, right? The old hate read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hate read. That's great. I want to jump back a little bit um, because you made the plunge from the corporate job to full-time freelance. And I think that's a common uh, trend of a lot of listeners of this podcast is that they, you know, have some kind of side hustle, whether it's writing, uh, starting a business, you know, any, anything like that. And for some people working a side hustle is totally fine. That's what I do. I do enjoy my full-time job and doing stuff on the side is just another creative outlet for me while also making some nice side cash, which is always a good benefit. But yes. for some people, it is a similar situation like that where they really don't like their full-time job and the side hustle is what they ultimately want to be doing 100% of the time. So how did you make that leap? Well, I mean, I was in a good situation where I was able to, meaning I had uh, a lot of stockpile vacation time. I was able to take several months off. Uh, I was able to, uh, I started driving for Lyft actually for a little while to supplement my income. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that if I didn't leave the job, the corporate job, the, the comfort, I was going to die there. And I don't mean physically die there, but I was going to die there mentally, right? Uh, creatively, I was going to die there. And I didn't want to do that because 
you know, as creatives, we tend to be a little dramatic about our, our creativity. We tend to say things like, if I can't do this, I'm not going to do anything, you know? And that's sort of what it was, not to be <laughs> stereotypical, but I think you get it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Is there anything that's surprised you about freelancing? It's challenging, yes. And I knew it was going to be challenging. But I think the thing that surprised me was the way it was challenging. And by that, I mean... I didn't know enough about the systems that were in place on the internet and in social media and all that stuff that I would need to know to really promote myself. That was the biggest challenge for me. So if, if I'm giving advice, I'm saying, learn the, the nuances of promoting yourself, right? That was challenging. Yeah, I think that's a, another cliche piece of advice that I've read somewhere where it's like writing is 10% writing and 90% marketing yourself or whatever it <laughs> yeah. is, which, which yeah. is definitely uh, not false <laughs> um, and, and I think can be the most difficult part. Sometimes I'll, I'll knock out a piece really easily and then I'm just like, well, how can I, uh, how can I make sure people see this? So. Right. What do I do with it now? Exactly. And I think, uh, I think that's the challenge for so many of us only because, you know, I was late to the social media party, not because I was ignorant of how it worked, but because I was resistant to it, because I think social media can be actually sort of uh, toxic and, you know, in so many ways. But I also understood after getting into this that I needed it, right? Yeah, it's... It can certainly be toxic, but I think there's ways to be strategic about it. I know uh, I'll give a shout out to August Birch, the book mechanic, who yes. I also discovered on on Medium and also subscribed a friend to his of mine. newsletter. Perfect. There you go. Well, I mean, as far as uh, Medium goes, not a personal yes. friend. Yes, yes, yes. A medium friend, medium friend. Yes. Um, and he was a, a big proponent of just taking like five minutes when you're waiting in line or, you know, like if you're on hold with a, a customer service rep or something mm -hmm. and just taking those opportunities to go uh, work on your social presence, whether it's updating your profile or liking and commenting on other folks's uh, posts. And I liked that a lot because I mean, I'm, I'm a big proponent of like not always being buried in your phone, but if you only have a few minutes throughout the day, like it might as well be while you're, kind of stuck waiting for something to get onto your social channels, especially if you're not a huge fan of using them or alternatively, if you use them way too much, <laughs> if you can try and limit yourself to that, I think it's a, a nice sort of goal to set for yourself. You are correct. And that's, he was absolutely correct. That guy's brilliant. And some of his, uh, his tips are fantastic. So I totally agree. Excellent. Well, August, hope you're listening. <laughs> Also, I was born in August, so I feel like I have my a God. subconscious what date bias. In August? Yeah. Uh, the 24th. Oh my gosh, my son was yes. born August 29th. So you guys nice. are Virgos? Nice. Represent Virgos. Represent. There it is. That's, that's what we do. We do well. Almost a Leo. <laughs> Almost a Leo. I think I Almost am a Leo. Leo. And the, you know how they came out with new, yes. uh, new ones a couple? Well, I guess it was yes. probably like 15 years ago. But now. it was after you were born, so it doesn't yes. count. Okay, okay. So. The stars were aligned the bright way when you were there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I like to say I'm a lion eating a virgin. That's oh my, my goodness, that sounds terrible. It's double. But also I know, fantastic. I guess it could be the other way, a virgin eating a lion. That's more comedic. <laughs> they are fierce, boy, I'll tell you what. The lions, not the virgins. Yeah. Both, both ways, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right, so as I promised, I, I do want to chat about 
your book because I think that's also a lot of people's goals yes. uh, is to write a book and you've written three of them. Uh, I've so got three self-published books. Yes, sir. Three times the books <laughs> that mm -hmm. most people aspire to write. So very well done on that end. Uh, and I think the self-publishing route is becoming more well-known, but I think there's still a lot of kind of mystery around it. If I want to make yes. it sound real, uh, real intriguing there. No, it is. So how did you decide, A, that the self-publishing route was for you? And then can you kind of walk through what that process was like on your end? Absolutely. So in 2006, uh, I'll be real brief here, but in 2006 is when I decided to start writing full-time. So on my birthday, January 2nd of 2006, I said, that's it. Every day I'm going to start writing. And it was based uh, on a book called The Artist's Way, which I'm sure you've heard of. Everyone knows The Artist's Way. Anyway, so this book talked about the morning pages where you would write every single morning. And then obviously that would get your creative juices flowing and all that good stuff. So I started doing that. Uh, by the end of 2006, going into 2007, I had a first draft of my first novel called The Wind. Um, by about August, you know, probably around your birthday of 2008, uh, the book was ready to go and I got in touch with iUniverse. iUniverse is, they, you know, I can't speak for uh, any other self-publishing houses, but I know that they treated me very well. I paid for a package, basically a suite of services that included um, marketing, you know, editing, all kinds of stuff, creating the book, the cover, all that stuff. And I put my first book out as a self-published novel through iUniverse. That was the first time. And that ended up coming to market in 2009. Awesome. Awesome. And did you stick with iUniverse for the other two? or I, did Well, for the second one, I did. I pause mm -hmm. in case you need to edit or whatever the case. I'm being very dramatic here. Um, <laughs> I'll add <laughs> yeah, in some so oohs and ahs. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Ooh. Uh, so for the second one, I did stick with iUniverse because I had such a good experience on the first one. Uh, but the well, I'll get to this in a second. So I went through iUniverse for the second one, which was called Odyssey of Violence, which is also available through iUniverse and everywhere else. Um, but the problem I had, and I didn't know it at the time, was I didn't know how to market these things. Uh, I did a book signing at a, at, a, at a bookstore that used to be in town here. I live in Orlando right now, Orlando, Florida. And they used to have a, a bookstore called Books A Million. And I called them up and I said, hey, am I able to do a book signing? They said, sure, we're going to take 10% of the whatever you sell, uh, but you can set up a table in our shop and then stay here for four or five hours. I said, oh, that's great. So I had two dozen books with me, I think, maybe three dozen. And I set up a table in their store and I had a signing. I posted it on Facebook at the time and told everyone to come at my family and all that stuff. And I think maybe 10 people bought books, but about 50 showed up, right? So that was pretty exciting. But for Odyssey of Violence, I didn't do that at all. I did no marketing uh, because I didn't see any success after um, the wind. So I was very sort of, I don't know what the word is, depressed or sad or, you know, defeated, deflated. I don't know. But anyway, the point is that I'm like, I don't know what to do with these books, right? So I stopped doing anything as far as self-publishing. I still wrote, but I didn't self-publish again until 2019 when I put um, The Time Before Tomorrow, which is my third book, I put that on Kindle Unlimited. Uh, and then that's been on there since November of 2019, so. Nice, what was that process like working with, uh, with Kindle Unlimited? It was easy to get it on there, but the trouble I'm having is tracking how it's doing on Unlimited because you don't get to see sales because there are no sales. 
Uh, everything is based on readership and they have to read a certain number of pages. Um, so my issue right now is finding out the, those, those metrics, right? Or those, whatever the, the, the verbiage is for that, you know, the, the metadata for mm -hmm. my book. That's been the biggest challenge. Yeah, it always seems like a lot of the, uh, whether it's for books or music or, or movies or anything like that, a lot of the sort of aggregate platforms either give you very limited reporting data or I mm -hmm. uh, like several months delayed reporting data where, you know, yes. you're, getting, you're getting stuff for November, 2019 now. <laughs> right, right. And they do say that when you sign up to like, it's every three months, we'll give you sales data, but, but they also have a metric for, monthly data so for me it's like well if you have it for monthly data where is that monthly data you know what i mean it shouldn't just be every three months exactly it's very perplexing and mm -hmm. i i will say i uh, was recently listening to the conan o'brien needs a friend podcast with <laughs> which highly recommend if you so good or to anyone who uh who's listening who's not checked it out yet but after this episode wait till this one finishes of course like conan yes um but he had ali wong on and she was saying how she said multiple Netflix specials and she was saying how she still doesn't know how they've done because Netflix won't tell her her own for her own special like how many people have watched it that's mind-blowing which is yeah baffling so she's yes. like she's like I assume it was a success because I've gotten you know I've gotten to do more than one but sure she doesn't know which is like really crazy to me very odd right like it it doesn't make sense I guess to us as creatives we want answers we want feedback you know but Maybe that's not something they're into. I don't know. And immediate feedback too. <laughs> immediate, exactly. You know? So if someone was interested in self-publishing, would you, if you had to pick between the two, would you, uh, or would you recommend a third, a third option for uh, how they go about getting their book out to the world? Yeah, I mean, I, I think self-publishing is great if you have the means but I would say only do it if you had a very clear plan and how you wanted to market it because self-publishing is great uh, for having that total freedom. Uh, and even if, because they offer editing service, so you're still getting the, the services you need to make sure your book is tight. But beyond that, you want to make sure you can market it and sell it. So I'd say self-publishing is great for that. Uh, and then the other way you can do it, obviously, is through the Kindle Unlimited, which is all you, though. So you have to make sure you're on top of your editing and making sure your cover looks good and making sure you've got all your, you know, everything is uh, in great shape when you submit it. But, but the third option is obviously going to be the traditional way where you're submitting query letters to agents. And you're saying, hey, you know, this is my work. Check out what I can do. You know, do you want to publish me? That's still... Maybe, I don't know, uh, to me in my head, that's still the way to keep pursuing it because they have the best means to promote your work, right, is the big houses. And I think, too, that's an, that's an interesting kind of, uh, I guess, happy medium. Ha, ah, medium. Um, <laughs> but I think back in, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was just those traditional big five publishers. But now there's so many smaller publishers popping up all throughout the country and really throughout the world um, that are, are a lot more focused, you know, maybe it's a specific like sci-fi niche or something a lot more targeted. And there may be only reading uh, 40 or 50, um, you know, proposals or, or manuscripts in a year uh, and maybe only publishing like four or five books, but 
they they can provide that sort of like you were saying like the marketing support uh, and just the kind of like overall guidance that I think yes. uh, is tough for a lot of writers to know off the bat um, yes. since they've done it before and they have that experience that they can hopefully if they're a good publisher share with you. You're absolutely right, and that's the challenge, man. Is 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 getting you know? I even still query. I'm always hashtagging on LinkedIn. I'm always hashtagging anything I post to literary agents. Uh, and that's with the simple, you know, the hope that they're going to see it and say, okay, let's talk to this guy. Right. Because at the end of the day, they have, you always want to surround yourself with the most, uh, you know, talented people or whatever the case, you know, the people that can help you get to where you need to get to. And that's the reality. Love it. Love it. Well, Eric, you're almost off the hook, but mm-hmm. I'd like to end every episode with a top three. <laughs> yes, uh, you so do. I would like, I, I think since Medium is where we met, I would, let, let's go back to that for our top mm-hmm. three. So what are the top three, and you can, you can get a little ethereal with this if you need to, but what are the top three things that make for a good Medium post? I think as much as I hate to admit this is the title. And the reason I say hate to admit it is because we're basically prostituting ourselves to get you to read my story, right? Um, I'd say that's huge. It really is. Um, but that comes with a bit of a caveat. And the caveat is that if your story is not good, if the writing isn't good, uh, it doesn't matter what you type as your title. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip out of there as soon as I start reading, right? So for me, it starts with great writing. It truly does, um, whether, and it doesn't matter your topic because I have people I follow, like I said earlier, this girl called Tracy on Fire. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's yeah. fantastic, but all she writes is this really naughty you know, writing, but I'm like intrigued because it's well-written, right? Um, and then of course, August Birch, who always has something so positive to say about the, uh, about the writing game and how we promote ourselves, but the writing is really good. Uh, yourself, I latched onto you because of your, your sense of humor aligned with my sense of humor. Um, but again, it starts with good writing, right? Uh, after that, it's going to be that title. Uh, and then it's really promoting yourself in Facebook groups uh, that are, are related to Medium, I say, is really the strong third pillar of, uh, of what we have to do to be successful on Medium is really engaging with the audience reading other people's work and commenting as often as you can uh, in a sincere way, because you don't want to just comment to comment, but you know, when you genuinely like something, comment on it. I think those are really three strong things to, uh, to keep in mind. Yeah. I, I really like the uh, clarification and not just comment, like just for the heck of it uh, no. and to, to actually enjoy it, which uh, it's, it's so interesting to see how Facebook groups are like kind of the main way a lot of people are using Facebook now. Yeah. Um, because I remember them as being like, you know, when Facebook was first getting started, I was like, oh, this is a place for like me and my five friends to <laughs> share like really terrible jokes and like stupid pictures since the internet yes. was just getting started back then. <laughs> but yes. uh, n- yeah, now it's just like a resource um, for for anything. Like there's so many, I was doing a sweep of Facebook groups the other day because I was like, I remembered joining something uh, that I honestly don't even remember what it was about. That's something basketball related where I was like, I feel like I was in some really obscure basketball 
group uh, and was trying to find it and was just going through all the groups that I've joined over the years. And I was like, I need to do some kind of sweep out of this. Um, I love that. And it's, yeah, it's just baffling what I've That is fantastic. But now they, they are really effective, right? Especially yeah. as creatives, you can find a group for anything. I have one for Medium. I have many for Medium. I have some for Vocal, which is another platform. I have some for, you know, other groups that I'm interested in, but they're all writing related and they're so helpful and so positive. So I think that's a really good thing. And it's super interesting too, like for, I think for writing and uh, any kind of like running sort of groups are the two where it's very non-self-promotional. Uh, it's, it's very much about like sharing resources and being helpful and educational. Whereas some other groups where people are trying to promote stuff, I mean, I'm in some podcast groups and there are some good resources in there too, but a lot of times people are like, hey, you know, like for like, or like subscribe for subscribe. And I'm like, it's kind of shady, right? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I feel, yeah, I feel a little, I agree with you. And that's so interesting because the, the health uh, industry is so big. So when you said running, you're talking about physically running, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. When they talk about that, it's always helpful tips. And that's so cool that you mentioned that because that's so true. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. You just got to find the community that, that works for you. And that's correct. They won't steer you wrong. Love it. Fantastic. Well, Eric, thank you so much for hopping on here. This was delightful. Absolutely. Joey, uh, if, I really appreciate this. Of course. This so yeah. Cool. Thank you for reaching out. Absolutely. So, Making connections. If people want to find you online, if they want to say, hey, on Medium, if they want to check out your books, where can they find you? They can find me at Medium under Eric Caracella, E-R-I-C-C-A-R-A-S-E-L-L-A. That also happens to be my home, uh, my website, ericcaracella.com. And then, of course, on Vocal under Eric Caracella. And then on Coffee House Writers as Eric Caracella as well. So uh, any of those spots, and of course on Facebook, I'm also Eric Caracella. So uh, very easy to find me, that's for sure. Love that consistent branding. Right, you know what I mean? That's my name. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, this is so cool. Awesome, well thanks again, Eric. Always love it. And of course we gotta end with a corny joke, so why not a writing-themed one. Did you hear about the writer who became a baker? They say he makes excellent synonym rolls. Good afternoon, people. Oh my gosh, that was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) thank you for humoring me hey i mean it took me a second but that's a good joke i like it i'm a dad so i'm gonna tell dad jokes and that's a dad joke